welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your handsome host, Richard Dotson, here with my other host, Matt O'Hara. Hey, thanks, man. I got no adjective for you. Stunning um, introduction. Oh, thanks. Yeah, uh, you like that one? Yeah, it was it was marvelous. I really try to switch it up every week. I know, I you can know, tell. Different intro every week, and I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, what can I say? Yeah, what word can I just overly uh, pronunciate? I don't know. Five years straight, the word and <laughs> and same one. Uh, so we're back again this week. Now remember, this show. If any news is broken, sorry, I'm still on the beach. You're right. You listened to this last week I was on the beach. I'm still on the still beach. Still there. I went on vacation for two weeks, babes. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is where I'm at. Next time you hear me live, or not live, but the same like time frame, I'm going to be a tanned mother. Mm. Right? Because like, that'll be a nice, refreshing change-up because we're pasty right now. Well, speak you for I. yourself. I'm actually out. I'm not, I'm not too pasty. I have a pool, dude. Yeah, which I've not really used yet this year because it's still fall here. Yeah, well, yeah, I was gonna say, dude, I look like I've got more sun than you from doing mm, like yard work. I do definitely agree to disagree on that one. I don't. I mean, know. first of all, you're just naturally darker skin than me. I period. Am, sure. But I'm still darker than you now. Okay. All right. Seriously, I doubt it. But all right. Okay. Well, I I don't agree with you, but <laughs> we're back again anyway. So remember, this episode was actually recorded on June 14th. So if anything is broken in the last couple of weeks, sorry. Yeah, and for us, we're literally on our fourth straight hour of recording podcasts. We did the last show, then we did a Nerd Herd show, now we're doing this show, and after this, we're actually going to record the other Nerd Herd show. Yep. Potathon. It's we're pot- in a little Potathon. Potathon 2019. But only releasing them on a weekly basis. Yes. Yeah, look at us. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have no voice tomorrow. No, yeah, that's true. I don't care. I ain't scared. We're going to muddle through it, though. So let's get into that. Today we're talking about the NFC uh, East? Um, no, north. North. NFC yep. North. And then a Nerdhood episode is going to be the AFC, AFC North. North. Yep. And if you're not a Nerdhood member, that's going to be worth subscribing to anyways because I'm talking about Baker. I'm going to get all giggity giggity on it. Ooh. But before that, let's talk. Let's, ha- let's have a word from our sponsor, Ooh, shall let's we? Let's hear it. DynastyOwner.com. Now, remember Dynasty Owner? It's a new site that is running their whole beta program for uh, this year. It's going to be a really cool way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football. Not auction style, but actually NFL contract style. So whatever the NFL contract is, is what you get on your roster with a $100 million salary cap. So how savvy can you be as a Dynasty owner manipulating the cap, right? Where's the value at? Where's the best deal at? Tom Brady has a nice contract, right? These rookie running backs have great contracts, you know? Oh, yeah. What receivers have great contracts, Matt? Um, honestly, don't remember off the top of my head which ones. All of them. Devontae <laughs> Adams, $16 million. Worth it. Totally worth it. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Dynasty owner, you got to check them out. Now, their beta is filled. We filled that stuff so quick. Whew. Man, filled up like a pastry. 
but you can still get a lifetime discount by signing up now for this season and helping them with their beta. If you go to DynastyOwner.com, there's a link in their Indiegogo campaign. If you don't know what that is, it's a crowdfunding site and it helps like just build new stuff. It's a great way to financially support a site and an idea while cool getting some cool stuff in return. And like we mentioned last week, Dude, they got a lot of really cool stuff for their tiers. They got the $99 tier, which you get for a team for free for five years. So you buy it for 99 bucks. so instead of paying their entry fee once, you get five entries, five which years. is yep. awesome. And then the next entry levels, too, are you get that, the five free entry. And then at the 250 level, you get a Dynasty owner hat and a T-shirt. Uh, at the 500 level, you get a team for life which is pretty good. Yeah, that's I mean, pretty sweet. Forever. Mm-hmm. So if you play for five years, it pays for itself, right? And this is Dynasty. Who doesn't play for five years? You get a light, you get a hat, you get a shirt, you get a Dynasty owner Yeti, a real Yeti, not some fake turd thing. At $1,000, it gets even cooler. It's like Antarctica out there. You get a free team for life, a hat, a shirt, a Yeti. But then, Matt, you get two tickets to any Monday night football game in 2019 or 2020. I mean... You go to the right team, you go to the Packers game or something like that, sure. it's going to pay for itself, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Now, obviously, there are some restrictions on the seats, but go to the site and you can see what you're at. Now, finally, the $5,000 donation, which is a massive amount of money. You can't be like, I can't be donating $5,000 anything. If you donate $5,000, you get everything we just mentioned, including the two Monday night tickets, though. But you also get a week's trip to Mexico. Casa de Sofia in Mexico. Now, this is a private villa owned by Dynasty Owner, uh, and it comes with the house for a week. It holds up to eight people, up to four couples, and you get everything there. It's fully staffed. So imagine going to an all-inclusive hotel. This is an all-inclusive house. You have, like, you're, like, super rich where you have servants, right. butlers, maids, cooks. You have your own personal cook. They cook for you. They clean for you. They go shopping for you. Matt, you don't you don't have to worry about waking up and cooking eggs, dude. They you, make your drinks for you, right? You, you just, want a you, mudslide? You wake up and you say, "I would like some eggs," and then somebody goes and makes you some eggs and brings you a, a plate full of eggs, dude. You don't lift a finger, right? So yeah, it's five thousand dollars a lot of money. Well, this house usually goes for eight thousand, twelve thousand dollars per week. So there you go. I mean, that alone, if you're planning a vacation, a, a big vacation, and you can get four four friends together to to, to donate, yeah. It's a thousand dollars. It's it's what twelve fifty a couple. That's great. Six hundred bucks a person. Yep. Six hundred and twenty five bucks for all inclusive in Mexico at your own house with a staff. I mean, this is so good. Me and Matt are actually discussing donating this five grand. We are. We have um, discussed this. So check out the house at luxuryzlo.com and you'll see how incredible it is. Go to dynastyowner.com and click the link for the Indiegogo campaign as you check it all yourself. Also check out Dynasty Owner Podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. If you look at their last YouTube episode, uh, uh, you'll be able to see Matt and I on there doing it. Yep. Well, not doing it, but... Well, not... Oh, <laughs> commas are needed sometimes. Yeah. I mean, we're not physically doing it. But like we did the podcast, we're doing the podcast <laughs> and we're not physically doing the podcast, but we're verbally speaking on video and you actually see us do a podcast for the first time ever. Yep. So check it out. Now let's get into our uh, campaign here. Shall we of our own? Let's the NFC. It. So let's start with the bears, right? The bears under Matt Nagy's offense makes this a very, very Scarlett Johansson kind of offense. Mm. By that, I mean, it is sexy. Yeah. I just find her attractive. That's all. No. Yeah. We can go the other way around. It's like, uh, it's uh, oh, Jessica Alba. I was thinking of a male counterpart. I don't want to be like you know, just oh. inclusive to women here. 
Uh, Who's a handsome fellow? The the guy Thor. Whatever. What's his name? Hemsworth. Thor. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah, this is the Chris Hemsworth uh, of teams. Buff, beautiful, Goldilocks, Thor. I mean, <laughs> come on. dropping hammers. Come on. Who doesn't want some of that? They have Mitch Trubisky, my hometown kid. Right. Menor, Ohio's proud. Mitch Trubisky. Matt Nagy's offense. What do you think? We mentioned last week, Matt. I think it was on a nerder episode. I don't know which episode it was about Carson Wentz, right? So so that was a it was a nerder episode. It was. And yeah. like what quarterbacks we liked ahead of Carson Wentz. And we mentioned seven off the top of our head. Wentz is better than Trubisky, but like is Trubisky too far behind Wentz? From dynasty quarterback perspective, uh, from a dynasty stand, I mean, obviously Wentz has probably put up better fantasy numbers. And if it wasn't when, for Wentz's when, injuries, when he'd healthy. be top five. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that so that's what you're weighing here, and, and and the trajectory and the trajectory that that Mitch is on. So I mean, it, it it's hard because it's almost not an apples to apples at this point in their career. Because I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a yes no scenario right. real quick from yeah, dynasty. Yeah. I'm gonna sure. go right through here through. All these people are going to be, I'm going to say the person, you would say that either that person's name or Mitch Trubisky. Okay. Dynasty startup draft, go Tom Brady. Mitch Trubisky. Josh Rosen. Mitch. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Sam Darnold. That's where it gets tricky. No, I I think it's Mitch. Me too. Lamar Jackson. Definitely Mitch. Ben Roethlisberger. Mitch, yeah. I'm thinking Mitch, too. Yeah. Baker Mayfield? Baker. Andy Dolan? Mitch Trubisky. Okay, so we're over 50% so far. Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson. Andrew Luck? Andrew Luck. Marcus Mariota? Mitch Trubisky. Nick Foles? Mitch Trubisky. Pat Mahomes? Pat Mahomes. Philip Rivers? Mitch Trubisky. You're a little wishy-washy. Yeah. Drew Locke, Joe Flacco? Yeah, Mitch. Over both of them? Yes. Wow, you're crazy. Derek Carr? Could he oh, have, could he have, a, could he have a bounce back? Does Mid- it, even if he did, still Mitch Trubisky right. for me. This is your test. Sure. Uh, Dak Prescott? That's where it gets real tricky because they're very similar players to me. Um, where they both add, uh, you know, because I was waiting for you to get to him because I knew this was eventually. That yeah, was working. a tricky one too. Because um, they, they, they both add the tricky the kind of hidden yards in the rushing attack. Neck and neck, right? Mm-hmm. Neck and neck. They're necking. Right. That's adorable. Yeah. Way better than French kissing. Um, Carson Wentz. Wentz. I think Wentz. Yeah. yeah. But it, but but it's not as far as the talent would tell you, I, I don't think. Dwayne Haskins. Mitch Trubisky. Daniel Jones. Oh, Mitch Trubisky. How dare you. How dare I. I mean, how do I go over to the president of my fan club, my hometown kid? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Mitch. Yep. Um, Mitch Trubisky or Mitch Trubisky? This is a tough one. It is. So I'm going to go Trubisky on this one. Kirk Cousins. That actually is tricky. It is tricky. I would take Mitch. Okay. Just give me the youth. I know what Kirk Cousins is. Yes. Kirk Cousins is never going to be top five dynasty start or dynasty quarterback. No. Mitch has that upside in Matt Nagy's offense as his weapons get better. I, I Anthony Miller's a lot healthier. It, that one's really close to me. Okay. okay I would that? take Mitch. All right. I'll be the tiebreaker. All right. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Matt Stafford. Staff, oh, Staff, Jesus Staff, Christ. Staff. Dude, Stafford wasn't a quarterback one once last year. 
17 weeks, Matt. He wasn't a QB one. That's top 12. And they're going to want to run the ball more. Yeah. This is Mitch by a landslide. Okay. For me. I can't even believe you said Matt first. You're I think, fired. I think it was just based off of old school bias. You know what I mean? When they're okay. just chucking the ball. Matt, this is easily Mitch right. Trubisky here. Yep. Uh, Drew Brees. Mitch, just because of age. Correct. Matt Ryan. Obviously, Matt Ryan. Yeah. Cam Newton. Ooh, banged up. Banged up. Used and, up. And and that would be the only reason it's not Cam is because he's banged up because he, he provides so much in the rushing I know, attack. man. This is like your most comfortable pair of underwear, and it just got a hole. Then you have to throw it away. Not necessarily. Yes, you do. I have got a hard line stance. If I have a hole in my underwear, you know what I do with it? I agree. Stick my two fingers in it and I rip do it this, completely. I do. So, they, <laughs> so there's no going back. So there's no going back. I do the same. <laughs> do it. That's my problem. I question myself. I'm like, there's no going back. If I do this, I have to do it. It's like. Stick two fingers in and go. <laughs> you feel bad doing it. I, that was a bad example of. Uh, okay. Um, but a funny line. I'm glad you said it. It is. I w- <laughs> but something that you like that's now like broken, but you could still technically like use it. Right, like uh, I'm trying to think what like a bike without a seat. If you sit down, <laughs> if you sit down, somebody's you're losing some kind of virginity. You know what I mean? But it's a really nice bike. <laughs> Jesus. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, Mitch Trubisky, Jameis Winston, <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. Okay, Jared Goff, Goff, Russell Wilson, Russell, Jimmy Garoppolo, hmm. Garoppolo probably. Okay, and then Kyler Murray. That's tough because Kyler Murray's got such upside, but he's an unknown. So I think we have Mitch pretty much slightly above average with room to grow. I think he definitely has room to grow. I think, I think, like you said, I think he has upside to be a quarterback one considering the weapons around him and the offense that he's in. Okay. All right. All right. That's a lot of Mitch Trubisky talk. That was, through. that was a lot. I went through every quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> you did. I just wanted to see where like, we're starting some of these guys and give everybody. This, that was, it, was a, it was a good litmus test, didn't it? So I like Mitch because of the offense he's in, the weapons they're putting around him. They're bringing a guy like David Montgomery. The running backs are now David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen. The, the, the weapons around him were looking at Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. Like, I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I like I like Matt Nagy's offense, like, really the way they get the ball out quickly and how they put the ball in a playmaker's hands. To me, Mitch Trubisky, who could be maybe slightly above average, is going to be put in a good scheme and a good system for him to be a dominant, not dominant, but above average, a, sl- a way above average. Like, could you see him being like that Dak Prescott where he's just always around quarterback 10, 11, 12, right around there? That's kind of how I see him. You know what I mean? Like, in general. He's QB 15 last year. Right. And 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 I could see him definitely improving on that in, in year two in Matt Nagy's offense, and, and creeping into that same area that Dak's in, which is I mean it wouldn't be a huge bump, but but a couple of space a couple of spaces up for him, you know where he's where he's just kind of right on the border of a QB one, and, and there's weeks where he is a QB one, like a legitimate QB one, and and maybe the consistency week to week isn't quite there, but. I really, I really do like Mitch's skills, and obviously, I mean, you know, I, I kind of had him. I probably had him upper, upper middle area. You know uh, what I mean? So, so that I, li- I like him. I like him from somebody that you'd feel good about like building your team around. 
I would feel good if I had an aging quarterback that I had Mitch on my team, uh, and and you know I, I like the direction for the future. I don't think you want to be starting him much right now. He's a he's a he's a great QB two and super flex kind of like just like everything we said about Dak mm-hmm. on the Nerdherd episode is how I feel about Mitch Trubisky right. essentially. Yep. That that sums it up for the Nerdherd members. If you want to know what we said about Dak, who we broke down probably more in depth, well, join the Nerdherd and you will find out. Absolutely. Look at his offensive weapons. We have Allen Robinson here, Anthony Miller, and Taylor Gabriel. They draft a guy like Riley Ridley. They bring in Cordero Patterson. Uh, Emmanuel Hall is a nice player with some upside. But nobody coming in here that's really going to threaten any of these receivers. Taylor Gabriel will be the number three. Anthony Miller, a guy out of Memphis who we loved, who was just banged up five different times. What is it, shoulder that got hurt like 18 times last year? It was a shoulder. As well, so... Finally going to be healthy this year. Really nice player. Fits that Matt Nagy offense really well. Allen Robinson, another now fully removed from that ACL, ACL. injury. Yeah. You know, I wasn't going to you know, put a bat last year. And Allen Robinson wasn't terrible last year, but he's coming off. We see that sometimes. It takes a year after the ACL to like fully come into your own. Get all and your- they paid him, and he's going to be there. He's your number one target in the passing game. Yeah, some, sometimes it's, you know, you're, you don't have all your explosion back sometimes it's a confidence thing you know you need to just go through a full year getting banged on you know and then then an off season after that before you really regain yourself what do you i mean alan robinson's a he's a tricky guy to talk about you know when it comes to dynasty value because besides that one huge year his second year in jacksonville where he's a wide receiver one i mean truth be told he hasn't done anything you're you're dead on there so it is very hard i mean yeah you said it was 2015 where he had 1400 yards and that <sighs> and that was ridiculous 1400 yards 80 catches 1400 yards and 14 touchdowns they so got hurt. That, that was a monster year and that yeah the following year was 73 catches for 883 and 6 i don't it doesn't you know I don't see how many games he played, but 2017, one catch, 17 yards. So that's and he's out immediately. Right. And then, then he's last year. I mean, he's rounding kind of back into form 55 catches, 754 and, and four touchdowns. A lot of underwhelming, but the, the, the biggest thing you're going to go back to an underwhelming side would be after the 1400 yards when he's healthy, the only 850 something catches for 800 yards. So like, okay. Is that like Bortles? Was that a team issue? Uh, and, and a lot went into it. And I think, a lot of it was the quarterback. A lot of it was the the whole system that was going on there. I mean, so and last year was again. Again, he's moving teams. He's he's coming off an ACL. He's in a new offense. So a lot. I mean, there's a lot of room to grow. I, I think for Allen Robinson back into that. You know, fourteen. I don't see fourteen hundred yards and fourteen touchdowns. No. Um, I think that was a little bit of an anomaly. But you could see like eleven hundred yards. Let me ask you this. Dynasty, who would you rather have, Anthony Miller or Allen Robinson? It's a great question. And, you know, on one hand, obviously, they went out and signed Allen Robinson in free Uh agency, so they brought him in. They like him. On the other hand, they immediately drafted this this other guy, um, Anthony Miller, who we really liked coming out last year. To be fair, you need more than one receiver in today's NFL, so that does not worry me at all. It's not like they drafted another running back. No, no. And they were at like 65% in these three wide sets even. So um, they're they're another team, you know. I mean, they're, they're, they're looking to do that. They're probably looking to do a lot of two tight end sets with, with Burton and Adam Shaheen. Those are both, you know, pretty good players. But, you know – 
that's neither here nor there. They're both going to be on the field. You know, Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller, which guy is the more productive? I'm just telling you right now, tell I, me who would you rather hang? For this year, Allen Robinson. No, in it, Dynasty. In You're di- in a Dynasty startup draft. Miller. They're both on the board. I would rather who are you taking? I would rather have Miller. I still think at this point it's close. I would still I would gamble on that big dominant receiver in Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge gamble, it's man. It's a huge if, it's definitely. That's a that's it's literally it's a swing and miss kind of thing here. It's either you're gonna hit it out of the park or you're striking out. Right. If you own him, you can't sell him. He's he's in on a dynasty nerds buy sell tool, like he's a strict definition of a hold, right? You're not gonna go out there and buy him because you're not gonna pay the price because it's too much of a gamble. Mm-hmm. You're not selling him because you're not gonna get the return you want for him until he has a return to value type of year. And we'll know this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we will know this year, mm-hmm. and we'll know. That they'll be getting out from Allen Robinson as soon as possible if he doesn't produce, and there'll be another big receiver that comes in to take his place. I am still buying Allen Robinson. I love him coming out of Penn State. When we when I saw him do in Jacksonville earlier, I was like, Yeah, that's the receiver he can be. I know it's been a long time since then, but there's been a lot of circumstances to get us to that point. This is it for him. Kind of he's like in that Devontae Parker kind of category like this is it oh he's produced way more than Devontae parker i feel like he should get a little bit more leeway than Devontae but, uh, parker more, more no more to the point of like i know what i have sure. right like this is sure. your second year in the offense your third year removed out of uh or second year completely removed out of the acl injury this is it like put up or shut up right so for me those are definitely the only two receivers i even want on my dynasty roster taylor gabriel is a nice have on the bottom but he's he's cuttable like he'll he'll have some games where He's startable, but it's too it's too up and down for you to even mm-hmm. worry about mm-hmm. it. That tight end position, Trey Burton. Now, this is a guy that we liked coming out um, of Green Bay or Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I'm sorry, yep. Philadelphia. I'm thinking of it. And we, we, this is a guy we said go out and buy. He comes in last year. He doesn't produce. But we see that a lot from the tight end position, Matt, where like a guy, a tight end comes in a new system, definitely a system like Matt Nagy's not as easy to probably get into. And they don't really produce at a high level first year. But then the second year in the system, they do a lot better. Now, I know they have Adam Shaheen there, too, who is really raw coming out of Ashland, mm-hmm. who we liked. Thought some a good upside. I still think Shaheen's probably a, a full another year away from being a solid contributor. I think he's a nice backup plan to Burton if he doesn't pan out this year. But do you like Burton actually becoming actually productive this year and being a solid starter on your team to finish anywhere from tight end 8 to 12? So, I mean, yes, from 8 to 12 for sure. Um, he was he was tight end 8 last year. But the – which is probably surprising to a lot of people. It probably it probably is. You just shocked my you shocked me. Did I? Yeah, yeah. He, he was tight on eight. He, he had fifty four receptions for five hundred and sixty nine yards and six touchdowns. It was easy to be tight on eight last year. Exactly. What <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Is it the he was tight on eight but with a caveat type of thing. He needs you know like 180 I mean? more yards and about 15 more receptions to finish here this year. To maintain just yeah. the same slot, which Correct. which would be a statistical improvement and a fantasy production improvement, but maybe not a, a tight end positional improvement. Yeah, a stalemate where he is, but you can live with tight end eight on your roster. You can win a fantasy dynasty championship with tight end eight. You definitely can if, you, if you're strong in a lot of other, play, other places. I mean, obviously um, – 
as far as the tight end position goes, you know, it's kind of the top three and then everyone else. At, the, at this point, I, who knows? There might be another couple of guys that creep into that. From production value or owning-wise? Because I think it's a lot deeper than that own-wise. No. I'm, from production I'm, value. I'm saying like a tier. Like there's those top three guys that are really differentiate. They'll differentiate you. So I think that tier widens on this year with the return of Hunter Henry and now Evan Ingram in the offense again this year. I, I think that definitely widens past that. I agree, and that's why I said that. You know, I think this year might be a little bit different. Um, but so, I think Ertz takes a step back a little bit too. You do because of Goddard. Yeah, um, not drastic. I mean, Ertz is literally. Ertz has literally got better over the last four years. He went from being tight end nine to six to three to two. Right. So if you follow the, like, if you were one of those statistical nerds, you know, like, and you're like, oh, uh, analytics, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's going to be tight end one this year. <laughs> that, I think, would probably almost be a bell curve, and then it would start going back down. <laughs> but uh, Saved by the bell curve. Let's um, go. So, I, I, I don't know. Uh, again, lost my train of thought a little bit higher on Trey Burton, but he's – I think I think he'll do better statistically than he did last year. Okay, and still and still be all right for you. I think he finishes right around where he did. Like I could see him fighting with T.J. Hawkinson this year. You know the rookie. No, I could see that for sure. Because um, Hawkins is really good, which would be great for Hawkinson if he's yeah. a tight end eight his rookie year. By the way. Running backs. They bring in David Montgomery. He's our third rookie running back on our board this year. Uh, I think we have a player number four overall in our rookie rankings. Uh, somewhere right, right around there, yeah. Is he still behind? Is David Montgomery still behind Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs for you? Yes. Me too. Is he behind Nikhil Harry for you? Yes. Me too. Then I would take David Montgomery. Okay. Right there, unless I, yeah, I would still. Him and Hawkinson are neck and neck. They've been talking. Um, They've obviously been talking up David Montgomery as well for his past um, past catching and route running specifically specifically his route running ability, which this is which is terrible so nice. news for Tariq Cohen owners. Wait, is it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think I think they're happy to have a guy that's not Jordan Howard. Do you know what I mean? I think they're still going to use Cohen in his little satellite type of role. He finished his running back eleven last year, and even a dip in his numbers wouldn't be terrible. I mean. Cohen had 71 receptions at 1,169 yards. Right. That's gross. So uh, he, Cohen, I think, is what he is. I, th- I just think they're happy to have a guy that can actually function in the passing game the way they want out of their true running back running back. You know what I mean? Cohen's not a running back. No. He's a, he's a movable chess piece. He's a guy that they can line up in the backfield and flex out wide and, and stuff like that. A player that Matt Nagy needs for his offense. Absolutely. And he also needs his running back to catch passes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like It's not mutually exclusive. It doesn't have to be the same person. It can They can have a, a pass-catching running back like David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, and both of them can be fantasy relevant. So, um, No, I agree there. Uh, are we worried about Mike Davis? Um, prob- they gave him two years, six million. Probably not enough, I guess. At least early on in the season, I, I think Mike Davis is going to have somewhat of a role. If for- similar to what he did in Seattle, like the same thing where he had the, you know, last year was his biggest year ever. He had 112 carries, 514 yards, yeah. 34 receptions for 214 yards. Remember, he only had two drops too. So I mean, his hands were pretty good on 44 targets. So he, he he's a viable guy. I don't think he's a long term answer. And I think no, you know, definitely not that. It's one of those things where 
early on in the season, uh, Dave, maybe David Montgomery doesn't have the pass um, blocking stuff down as well as he should, and and they use a, 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 a Mike Davis in on third downs and stuff like that. Okay, yeah, I think it's it's something to monitor. Again, I like David Montgomery in this offense. I like his pass catching ability. I still go back to um, my rookie tape where everybody loved David Montgomery. I'm the number one running back. I like David Montgomery. Like, I wasn't blown away by David Montgomery. I thought he was a really good running back, mm-hmm. but I loved like I loved Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders. Well, well, we, I we, like David Montgomery. We, we talked about it quite a bit, I think, in the, the lead up to the draft. He's, he's, he doesn't have like a second or third gear. Do you know what I mean? He's like a one one speed type of runner for me. So, um, and it's not slow. It's just there isn't a big burst there. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so I understand where where you you look at the tape and it's just kind of blah. You know what I mean? You, you're not in love with it, but you like the guy. You, you you can tell he's got good vision. He's got good wiggle. He can get he can get between the tackles. He can he can be efficient. He's got good balance and stuff like that. So he's a he's a nice back to own. But he doesn't do anything great or spectacular. And to me, he got a big bump to me because of the offense he's in. Absolutely. Literally, that was his big, yeah. huge bump for me was the offense. So that's why he's my number three over one, two, three, fourth overall rookie, which mm-hmm. says a lot. Let's move on. Vikings. Now, talking about a lot to like from the dynasty community, the Vikings. Mm. Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs. Two wide receiver ones on the roster. Well, that's hard to come by. That is two tight ends in Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph. For this gave an extension too. We forgot to mention that until now, didn't we? No, we mentioned it last week when you weren't here. Or no, sorry, this is three weeks. Three ago. weeks ago. <laughs> I keep forgetting this is a potathon. Right. Um, yeah, we mentioned it. You just weren't here. Got it. Uh, we said how hurt Irv Smith Jr. How I was off the Irv Smith Jr. train. Probably bumps him back in uh, a little bit in some rookie drafts now, but. At the same time, I wasn't overly worried about it because it takes three years for a tight end to develop. So right around when Irv Smith is ready to develop, they can finally get rid of Kyle Rudolph. Yep. So it's just now the Irv Smith where you thought like, oh, they're going to get rid of Kyle Rudolph. He's going to have some instant gratification. It's going to be a slow play. It's going like to be the Dallas Goddard show from last year. You know what I mean? Whereas we weren't even as high on Irv Smith as we were. Nowhere near as high on Irv Smith as we were on, on Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Quarterback Kirk Cousins, I think Kirk Cousins is literally just a, an average quarterback. Like, maybe slightly above average quarterback that makes number one quarterback money. The the worrisome thing that, uh, you know, there's reports coming out, not even reports, quotes um, from Kirk Cousins talking about how he doesn't care about stats like he – you know, like I think in the past he was worried more about his stats. He's like, I don't care if I throw for five thousand yards, and and you know, like a bunch of touchdowns, and my stats look great, but we're only winning seven games, eight games a year. He's like, I need to, I need to shift my focus almost, and 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 just get these W's because that's the only stat that counts. Well, that counts. Right. That he is right. Don't get me wrong. He is correct for a quarterback to think like that. But from a fantasy standpoint, that doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy as, as a guy that has Kirk Cousins in a, in, a, in a league or two. It's like, do I, do I want to hear that out of my starting quarterback? Not really. Dude, I think I am not a Kirk Cousins fan. Again, I think he's just overrated. I think he's just an average quarterback. Again, I gets paid money. I mean, how do you have – Two receivers and Stephon Diggs, who finishes quarterback. Okay, if I told you here are two receivers, Stephon Diggs finishes 
wide receiver number 10 overall in PPR leagues, and Adam Thielen, who finished number 7 overall Mm -hmm. at receiver in PPR leagues. That's two top 10 receivers, right? And I just randomly told you, you're biased. I'm going to tell you the team. Like, hey, you have two receivers. One finishes 10th overall and one 7th overall in PPR leagues. Where did a quarterback finish? I mean, you would have to think he finished somewhere in the top 10. Okay. Kirk Cousins was quarterback 13. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even a QB1. Like, how do you not finish a QB1 with two top 10 dynasty or fantasy football receivers and Dalvin Cook? And, re- you know what I mean? It doesn't. That tells me all I need to know about Kirk Cousins. He's not getting it done from a fantasy perspective. He's not getting it done at an NFL per- level. He's not getting it done in a fantasy per- perspective at all. The tight end was, was top seven as well, by the way. Oh, was he? Yeah. Got Rudolph? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just. So there you go. So so it's basically you're peppering those three guys and you're not you're not spreading the ball around quite enough, um, which is the which is the issue. But but then again, I mean, you look at the rest of their playmakers. Who the hell do they have other than that? I Dalvin mean, Cook. Dalvin Cook, right? Who was he started the year injured though last year? I mean, you have. A, I mean, I'm not saying Laquan Treadwell is great, but he's still a first round pick mm-hmm. as your wide receiver three. Laquan Treadwell's a bust, a complete bust. I guess. <laughs> I mean, they you can't even poo-poo that one. That's that's no. just a fact. The dude is a total bust. They've got two wide receivers there. And you're Matt, you're right that they don't have any other big receivers, but you have Kyle Rudolph. And now you have Irv Smith to play that halfback role too, that, mm-hmm. that Dallas Clark kind of S kind of role. So to me, there's no more excuses even for a guy like him. And you have Dalvin Cook, man. I mean, Dalvin Cook to me is somebody that I love. Before we get back to the receivers, I love Dalvin Cook. I mean, he got middle hurt. Uh, middle and early, but from, I think, week 11 on, right, when he was actually fully healthy, he was running back seven on a year. He led the league in broken tackles, which he had won every 3.8 touch, touches. Wait, from, and, from what week? Was it week nine, you said? From week 11 on. Week 11 on. From okay. week 11 on, because he was hurt in the middle of the year and early of the year, Dalvin Cook. So he was frustrating because he was just banged up, right? Mm-hmm. But when he was got fully healthy, which was week 11, from week 11 on, Dalvin Cook was running back number seven, which is right where I envision him from fantasy perspective. Right, you know? yeah, me too. And for, for the talent at running back, that's a good place to have running back number seven all. So I'm a big Dalvin Cook fan. Definitely playing in that dome out there. It, really good, as I said, man, breaking tackles, led the league every 3.8 touches. And for me, he's one of my favorite parts of this offense. And, and and the reason I asked you what weeks you were talking about is I wanted to, want to run the numbers real quick on Kirk Cousins, and he, and he was sitting right where he's, he normally is, quarterback 13. During the, the during that same span, so oh, really? it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a bump of, in his production. At all. Yeah, see, because he's a jag. Now let's look at the receivers. All right, Diggs and Thielen. I I've, I've he's Thielen just signed his extension, so he's there for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm t- I'm all over Diggs though. I think Diggs is going to overtake Thielen as the number one receiver here. I think I like Diggs so much where if you look at my dynasty rankings at dynastynerds.com, I might have him ranked higher than any of us on the site. I'm sure you do. Uh, I, you've been higher than you know. You've been higher on him than any of us throughout the whole process. Since yeah, well, he was a five star recruit in Maryland. He's you know he's somebody who I liked, and he finally cracked a thousand yards last year. You know he got one hundred and two receptions for a thousand twenty one, and and a, a pretty impressive nine touchdowns. I feel like that's a pretty sneaky um, nine touchdown year. Here's here's the big thing, which is why I think Diggs. Now Diggs talent wise alone, his route running, his receiving, he's just an overall dynamic playmaker. Right, Thielen's really good. He's a really good route runner too. Really good hands too. But here's where I think it. It's going to shift. 
it's Kevin Stefanski, right? Mm-hmm. When Kevin Stefanski took over the offense, you remember how good Thielen started? He was wide receiver one for a while there. He, he ended up finishing the year as wide receiver seven for being wide receiver one for a while. It's because his last couple, there's a midsection area where he took a huge dip towards the end of the year in his production. What changed, you ask? It was Kevin Stefanski. When Kevin Stefanski took over his offense, it favored Stefan Diggs. All right. And Kevin Stefanski, I don't know if you know this or not, is is a disciple and runs the same offense as Gary Kubiak, who is there now as an assistant head coach. Yeah. And help her run offense. So just, just to paint the full picture, go ahead. I just wanted to lay that out for everyone. So when you when when it switched over, Thielen before Kevin Stefanski was the offensive coordinator, Thielen was seeing about twenty eight percent of the targets. Mm-hmm. A lot. When when he took over, it dipped down all the way to fifteen percent, and it actually favored Diggs more shares to the, uh, Thielen. So where the previous offense was just really like targeting, you know, Adam Thielen, that was the go to. When Stefanski took over, he got the ball in his play, bigger playmaker hands, and that was Diggs. Right. And he lost thirteen percent of his target share. That's you know he that's lost a, that, almost half no, yeah, that's of big, his target share. That's big time. So to me. This is not a dig on Thielen, but to me, Diggs is Diggs to me has entered the realm of Amari Cooper value, right? They're close to me. It's okay. Cooper and Diggs. He's up and there, and they're both young. I mean, they're both twenty four, twenty five years old. So that I mean that makes sense. Yeah, from a value standpoint and, a, and an age standpoint, like Julio is the lead of elite, but in a dynasty startup, I'd rather have Stephon Diggs. Does that make sense to you? Like I'll take the seven years of sure. Stefan Diggs, six years of Stefan Diggs over the two, maybe three years no, of absolutely, Julio. Absolutely, and you're, and you're just because you're uh, especially you, you're always going for the the safe long term for those first two or three rounds. Yeah, Diggs is my heavy favorite to target in the second round of any draft. Mm-hmm. Like any any dynasty draft, anywhere I can get him is where I want him in the second round. To me, as high as pick. Two one. All right, let me let Pick me two, pop two. let me pop somebody at you then. What if you're you're staring at a, you're staring at a board with Michael Thomas and and Stephen Diggs? Well, that's Michael it, Thomas easily. Easily. Okay, I, mean, I wasn't sure if that was like how like where where you were at. Michael there. Thomas, one of the most efficient receivers in the NFL. You know his 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 catch his catch rate percentage is unreal. Michael Thomas is in a different tier. You know what I mean? Right, but I mean you Thomas look at- is in that. You look into Michael Thomas's future, and you're like, "Who the hell is going to be throwing him the ball?" In three I think years? he's efficient enough, and I, I trust Sean Payne's offense okay. enough yeah. for that. And he, Michael Thomas is about to get paid too, so he ain't going anywhere with Sean Payne. So I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I mean, I think his quarterbacks. Gonna I don't, be and I don't think this is like a tier. Here's here's where I look at. So I I see you know Michael Thomas right around pick, say eight to nine, right at ten at the latest in a startup draft. I see Diggs right around from two one to two four in that okay. startup. So for me, that's again, that's why I mentioned Amari Cooper because that's that's where the other tier starts for me, right. right? Like I have Thomas at the bottom end of that tier of you know Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins. I put Michael Thomas in that same tier, but he's just he's the bottom of that tier. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. That makes yes. sense. Mm-hmm. So then the second tier of receivers, I have it where it's Amari Cooper. Stephon Diggs. That's where we start going to those, and those those are the two guys that I would love. To me, I would love to come out of the draft like that. 
I would like to come out Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas at nine, Diggs. Stephon Diggs at two. Mm-hmm. That's how I would build my team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then when it comes back to me in the third round, who's available? Now I'm looking at either possible running back here because you could probably get like a, a a Josh Jacobs or a Miles Sanders or someone on those there's or what tight end might be available. I can see George Kittle there in the third. Sure. Of, of a draft there. So I'd go along those round, you know, for that. So I love Stefan Diggs more than Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's 28, almost 29. I'm dropping him down a little bit. All right. Okay. Totally get it. Yep. All right. Let's move on to another team. All right. That's, there's nobody else to even talk about in the Vikings. Let's talk about the Packers. Yep. Now with the Packers, there's some interesting uh, guys here to even go over here. Aaron Rodgers, obviously a little bit older, but still a top still five dynasty uh, quarterback because he's just that good. We coming off of Devontae Adams. You know, Devontae Adams last year didn't score under 16 points per, under a single game in PBR leagues. I didn't realize that, but it doesn't surprise me. And Devontae Adams, obviously, I mean, I've been preaching since what three years ago. Mm-hmm. He Devontae Adams literally was one of the guys. You, you guys hear me on this podcast if you're new to it. To it, I always say, what looks like an overpay now won't be an overpay in the future. And Mike Williams, perfect example of a guy this year that we've been preaching that. As what could be an overpay now isn't an overpay in the future. Devontae Adams, a couple of years ago, somebody that I preached hard on. Like I went all in again. I put my reputation out there saying, hey, this is a guy you have to go out and get. Overpay if you have to, but get him because it won't be an overpay in the future. And if you did that, it sure has paid off. To me, it's DeAndre Hopkins one, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Odell Beckham. You have I'm, I'm missing somebody that we didn't mention before. Uh, I'm blanking, so, man. Yeah, Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, okay. and I would, I would. Now that he's a Brown, I'd probably get the slight edge. Just on a startup draft from like a biased perspective, draft Odell Beckham over Devontae Adams. Mike, Mike Evans, maybe you're missing? Is, I mean, I don't know. He's that in that tier. Yeah, he's in that tier. Okay. But still, okay. So to me, there's three guys at the top, right? So if I was going to be even more specific to the tier, it'd be Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, and Michael Thomas. Or uh, Devontae Adams. Then Mike Evans, Michael Thomas are kind of like in the next mm-hmm. tier by them, you know, by themselves. Locked in. I would take Michael Thomas over Mike Evans, but it'd be close. Juju's in there probably somewhere. Juju, Juju's in that tier, too. Um, yeah, he'd fit in that tier, too. So, for me, Devontae Adams, I could make the argument, the argument from a, from a fantasy football perspective that Devontae Adams is the wide receiver one. I can oh, make that argument. Yeah, I mean, I think it can be made, for sure. I mean, from a consistency a- touchdown scoring machine, you're talking about a quarterback – I mean, Devontae Adams is so consistent coming out of Fresno State that with Derek Carr, the reason Derek Carr's picked up, he led college football in touchdowns scored coming out of college. He scored the most touchdowns. He was a catching machine, too. A monster. Yeah. Comes in the NFL, starts a little bit slower, but now he has Aaron Rodgers. He's right. He's picking up right where he left off. Just an efficient touchdown scoring machine who's been working on his routes. And what do they just say about Green Bay? They want to throw to him more. Mm-hmm. They want to throw to him more. Right. Matt, they want to throw to him more. 169 targets. How many more do they want to give him? They said more. Okay. <laughs> and that's all I need to hear. You can argue that Devontae Adams is the 1-1 wide receiver, which would, in my eyes would make him the 1-1 in a dynasty starter. Right, right. Now, okay, I've, I've, I've succeeded. I've admitted Saquon Barkley for what he is could be the 1-1 in a dynasty startup draft. 
to the point where it's like I wouldn't even want to one one at that point because I don't want to force myself to take a right. running back there. But he's twenty one. He's just that good. I want to come out any way possible that draft with one of those three receivers. That's what I want to build my franchise around: Devonte Adams, Odell Beckham, or uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. That's how good Devonte Adams is. So there, we don't need to sit here and just dwell on him too much. The the biggest the, question mark. I say the biggest question mark. I think here is who the hell is going to be the wide receiver too. That is the question, Matt. You know, Marquez Valdez, Scant- Marquez Valdez Scantlin was one good game and then never heard from again. Oof. But now they're talking him up again, big time. Right. So far in minicamp, are we hooked? I don't know. Toronto, Toronto Allison, and in his third year in the NFL, I believe. Uh third, third or, or fourth. Fourth, yeah, it might be the fourth. Close enough. Uh, a big Notre Dame receiver, Equinemius St. Brown. They invested in him. And then we have Aaron Rodgers. You remember, preseason darling was Jake Kumaro. Jake Kumaro. Yep. I mean, he looked great, yes, didn't he, he not? Did. Yes, he did. And here, guess who Aaron Rodgers was talking up last week? Jake Kumaro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who is it, Matt? Who is the guy to own here in Green Bay as a number two receiver? Who is your prediction, Matt? Tell our audience right now, who do they need to own as a number two in Green Bay? Give it to me. Can you see my face? Can they? Does that come through on the mic? I'm gonna shock everybody because I have no friggin' clue. I mean, honestly, if it's me, I'm, I'm just give me Jay Kumaro. Me too. I'm game. I liked what I saw so much out of the preseason, right? And the fact that, it, like, if they were like, if right now, like Aaron Rodgers wasn't like they weren't even talking about him, I'm like, ah, okay, it was just one. It was like, but you remember who did that too? Uh, Victor Cruz had a really good preseason. Right. They didn't kind of do much that year. The following year at a good preseason, and boom, he's Mr. Salsa dancing for a couple of years pop, pop, there. Pop, 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 pop. So here's the deal. Here's why I'm not overly concerned about who they they say is their wide receiver too. Because Green Bay is they're the second most frequently run they, they run the three wide receiver sets second most frequently out of anyone in the entire league behind only the LA Rams. Who run like almost eighty percent, right? Yeah, something some ridiculous amount. So they're in it a lot. They want to be in. That's their their primary, you know, position or a personnel group that they're going to be running. So it's not so much, you know, who is their wide receiver to in name. It's the who who is Aaron Rodgers going to throw the ball. Who does Aaron Rodgers have trust in? Oh, they told us Devontae Adams. I mean, it's Devontae Adams. <laughs> More obviously him, but but the other guy <laughs> who. The media is like, well, who's the other guy you're going to throw to? Oh, we're just going to throw Devontae Adams. Just Devontae Just and and you go straight, you go straight to the quarterback's mouth. At least I do, and he's talking up Kumaro. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my eggs in that basket. And then who's the third guy? I'm gonna take Marquez Valdez. That's me as well because I liked his efficiency when he did in that yeah. one. Because remember, we were we were on a podcast last year going. What did Marquez Valdez Scantlin do to Mike McCarthy? Like he literally had a really good game, and then he must have like finger banged somebody because <laughs> that he wasn't supposed to. Because this is ridiculous. And, and and I can't remember the report that came. Something came out about that, didn't it? Finger banging? No. Oh. About why he was why he got doghouse. Something you. I remember you talking about it last year. I don't remember what it was. I can't it was, remember. It was almost a year ago. But he did. He basically got he got into uh, Mike McCarthy's doghouse, and, and that was it. I don't remember the reasoning of it. But now let's talk about their tight end in the future. Then yeah, Jimmy Graham. <laughs> you mean the of the past. Was this was this a Christmas Carol? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Well, who's the present? Uh, Jimmy Graham. I, it's Jimmy Graham. But the he's, past. The past is Jimmy Jim, Graham. Well, not in Green Bay, was it? 
No. To go to his past, you got to go all the way back to New Orleans. That's when he was relevant. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Jace Sternberger. He's got to own here. But again, like you said three wide receiver sets. He'd be the fourth target even right now, potentially. They don't really target. But it's a new offensive coordinator as well mm-hmm. with Matt LaFleur. So even though Mark McCarthy's gone, we don't know what's going to happen. Let's look at the running game here. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Do we love Aaron Jones? Is Green Bay a sneaky team that's going to jump on this 2020 class? That's a big unknown. I mean, it's not like they invested a whole bunch in Aaron Jones. You know, he was like a fifth-round draft pick coming out of UTEP. So if he doesn't pan out this year, obviously, yes, the answer to that question is going to be, hell yeah, they're going to they're gonna go find one of these guys that's a total stud and, and they're just going to draft him, you know, early, second round, first round, wherever they need to do it. But all the early reports out of Aaron Jones is that he took the offseason very seriously, came in very in shape. I mean, they said I think his body body fat percentage was down like 3 or 4% or something ridiculous like that. And that was something that was knocked, you know, a knock against him last year from the old cat coaching staff was that he, he just wasn't up to – he wasn't conditioned well enough, yeah. right, to, to play in every down type of role. So he took the he went into the offseason. He took it very seriously. He comes back into camp totally ripped and in shape. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for the guy. He was, he was clearly the better running back, you know, between him and, and Jamal Williams last year. It was – I mean, all you had to do was watch a game to, to see that. And remember, we mentioned that Mike McCarthy is a, a doofus because he wasn't using Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Jones, when everybody else was drafting Jamal Williams in the rookie drafts, uh, if, if you've been listening for a while, go back. It's all I've, I mentioned this literally 25 times. I was like, why are people drafting Jamal Williams when you could draft Aaron Jones, who just is a better overall fantasy football running right. back? Aaron Jones finished his running back 24 last year. He was a running back two, just made it, but a running back two nonetheless. Now, remember. He was suspended week one and two last year, so he didn't play. And then Mike McCarthy just wasn't using it. Un- uneven use would be putting it kindly. Yes. And then all of a sudden from week eight on, he was the man. The man. So from week eight on is when we have to evaluate Aaron Jones. Is that safe to say? I would say Fairly that's... Because uh, you can't... One and two, he didn't play. Right. And in between that, he, he was not used. Officially. Absolutely. Matt, from week 8 to 14, we're not going to count week 15 because that's when he got hurt. So he was hurt. He was running back five in PBR leagues. Running back five. Let me run the numbers. Boop, 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 boop. Yes. Matt, was, he was running back five. How many, guess how many points he averaged per game? Tell me. In that span, 19.67. Matt, he was running back five. Yeah. So those are pretty decent numbers. Nobody would guess that. It goes back to the thing where you like sometimes it's deeper when you're like, oh, Aaron Jones, he was running back 24 last year. I mean, guess who's right above him, for instance, Alvin Kamara at 20.8. So, I mean, a little over a point differential between him and Kamara. Which is nothing. For, yeah, for those for those. Weeks. So, th- this is where like yearly numbers can be deceiving. This is where sometimes you got to dig deeper on a prospect. And Aaron Jones was pretty efficient when he became the man. You mentioned before, the personnel they're going to run, right? That doesn't leave a lot of room for other running backs behind him, like Jamal Williams and whatnot, running 11 personnel. This opens things up for Aaron Jones a little bit more. Having Aaron Rodgers open things up a little bit more for Aaron Jones. Is he going to be running back five again? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. But he's 
running he has running back one written all over him Definitely. if he's healthy and he's young and remember i mean the green bay running back this has been year in year out i don't think matt mcflora is going to change this even this is more of an aaron Rodgers thing why do you think that Tubagoo Eddie Lacy had such good numbers? And why do you think I kept saying he's the opposite, right? I was saying, telling you to sell Eddie Lacy because he was just a product of Aaron Rodgers and that offense, and that's why he was producing, kind of like the LeGarrette Blunt-esque kind of guy mm. that you don't want to have long-term. Right. And for me, Aaron Jones is somebody I do want to own. And Aaron Jones is somebody, a guy who was running back five when he was used accordingly can be had. That's that. You just mentioned, Matt, he was one point lower than Alvin Kamara. Yep. Alvin Kamara is asking price is downright ridiculous. Aaron Jones asking price, not downright ridiculous whatsoever. Matter of fact, he's probably a step below above a Kenyon Drake asking price. I agree with that. I, I think he's got a little bit more hype than Kenyon Drake just because he did have that those that short burst of the blow up uh, last year as as far as fantasy. And we're production. but we're moved from that too though. It's right. like some people are going to look at it overall. As, like Kenyon Drake was running back 14 overall. Mm-hmm. And we, we mentioned that you can go even higher. Aaron Jones is running back 24 overall. And I think some people are going to, some people just forget things like that. When they're looking at numbers, they don't, they don't realize he was suspended week one and two, you know, again, if you're savvy, you put a lot of time and you know, these things, right. But that's why you put in the time and you, you, you know, you listen to podcasts like this. So you can, you have this information at your fingertips. This is the more information you have, the better dynasty player you can be. This is the kind of information that could be a difference maker for you. Going out and acquire players like this, and if Aaron Jones, it's only a two-year window for what you're going to give up for him. If you get that kind of production, that's the best bargain you're going to get. This is a difference maker that's going to help you win a championship. Absolutely. That kind of talent, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I'm all, I'm in on it. I'm buying Aaron Jones. Me too. I'm not worried about 2020. I like where this offense is going. I like even more that he did it with just Devontae Adams, essentially. Let's see it in his 11 personnel. Let's see it with some of these other receivers stepping up. Let's see it with an added mix of Jay Sternberger. Aaron Jones, running back five again in 2019? Maybe. Ooh. Moving on, Maybe. shall we? Let's do it. Last team here we're going to talk about is the Detroit Lions. Uh, to me, there's not a lot to get overly excited about, personally, for me, besides Kerryon Johnson, because I love him so much. Um Matt Stafford, like I mentioned on a previous episode, Matt Stafford did not finished one week last year as a quarterback one. He didn't finish as a quarterback one, which is quarterback one through 12 on a single week. On a single week. All year long. And this is a team that's about to revert into a run first team, right? I think it's definitely trending that way, yes. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Galladay finishes wide receiver 21. Kenny Galladay is, is it safe to call him a dynasty darling? Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Are you all in on the Kenny Galladay train? No, I'm not. Me neither, dude. Me He's a neither. darling that I don't want to have really many part of at, this, at, the, at the asking price. You know what I mean? Like, no way I'm going to give him value. Yeah, people were taking him like third round of a dynasty startup. Like, he was why, last year on a team that passed the ball more than just about anybody else. You know, he was wide receiver 21. And here's the deal. Look at the offseason moves that they've made in Detroit. What have they done? They went out and signed Jesse James to a nice contract, right? And everyone thought early on in the offseason, you know, when free agency kicked off, he's the one to he's the one to own. He's the one to own. Like, oh, they went out and got a tight end finally. And then they went and used a top 10 draft pick on TJ Hawkinson. Super top 10. So, so 
So they did that last year. They committed to Karrion Johnson and early in the draft again. They're switching this offense, guys. It's not going to be what it used to be when they were chucking the ball all over, the, spreading everybody out. New England offense. This is going to be ball control. They're going to be running two tight end sets. They're going to be running, ramming the ball down everyone's throat. They signed C.J. Anderson to go along with Carryon Johnson, another big bowling ball type of guy there. They're going to be running the ball. They got Theo Riddick the ball, running the, the, the ball. ball off to in that James White Theo kind Riddick of might not even might not even make this team. Correct. I think Karrion Johnson's a, a nice workhorse back. So, I, so do I. I think Le'Veon Johnson or Karrion Johnson's a poor man's Le'Veon Bell. What say? Remember, I made that comparison. And you did uh, it. In a rookie, and it, I whenever remember in the rookie uh, profile, I said the first time I watched him, I was like out of Auburn. I was like, this is a running back that has piqued my interest. He right. wasn't even people's anywhere near people's first round. I was like, Matt, Karrion Johnson will be a first round grade for me in rookie drafts. And we, we sat here and watched him together and went, Oh, I like this guy. I mean, yeah, cause remember you haven't got, I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah. You haven't even got to his tape yet. And you're like, Ooh, look at that. Let's pop this open. And we, we, we popped it open before the podcast and started watching. We're like, Oh yeah. Those long strides, mm-hmm. his patience behind the line, yeah. his catching ability is absolutely terrific. Uh, I mean, we were some of the highest people on carrying Johnson right. coming out. And then last year, when he did play in his efficiency, it looked good. And I know they're saying the same thing, like, oh, we might do a running back by committee kind of approach. Well, like Matt said, the way they're going to approach this offense, they are going to run the ball a lot. I think Karen Johnson's a running back one potential this oh, year. Oh, I definitely see that because, I mean – He's 21 years old. He's young. He's very explosive. He catches the ball well. He's he's like he's the if if we were going through that exercise that we went through before, he's the guy that I would want to own. The the one guy on Detroit that I would want to own is is Carry And Johnson. then number two would be T.J. Hawkinson. T.J. Hawkinson, for and sure. then Kenny Galladay. And then Kenny Galladay, and then literally no one else. No, I mean I, I don't I don't Marvin Jones. I no thank you. I you know what I think Marvin Jones for being free. You know, for like literally having no like value in a lot of dynasty eyes, I think he's a nice own, to be honest with you. I think he's, for what he has, if you have him on your roster as your wide receiver five, he might end up being, you know, if Kenny Galladay slips at all, he has potential to be that uh, wide receiver kind of three. Marvin Jones is like one, if people don't realize this, actually Marvin Jones is one of the most heavily targeted red zone receivers in the NFL. It's just Matt Stafford's kind of held him back a little bit. I mean, right. Marvin Jones is actually not a terrible receiver. It's just he's been hindered somewhat by the offense of before as well. But when it comes to, like, targets in the red zone, Marvin Jones gets open a lot. And he's actually targeted a lot, too. It's just a lot of the passes are really inefficient. If, if Marvin Jones is somebody that I think is super – Again, not free, but affordable and out there. Where you say he has, like, I think a lot of people think like you do. You're like, I don't want nothing to do with anybody in that offense because it was so efficient. If they could get any better under, you know, Matt Patricia at all, for the price tag of just like for 2019, like give me Marvin Jones over Kenny Galladay because you're I, paying you're paying top 36 price tag on Kenny Galladay and you're paying top you know one you're paying 150 160 range for marvin jones and, and and he was injured you know after week 10 he didn't play at all last year but he did to your point he he averaged almost 13 points per game so that's yeah. 12.8 you know that, that's nothing to sneeze at he goes back to i don't know what we were talking about before about nobody's talking about him right like at all nobody's talking about it and i don't get it and maybe i'm underselling him a bit at that rate because you're like you said it, it was such matt stafford was so underwhelming hmm. that whole offense was so underwhelming he was hurt from week 10 on like you said and it's 
it's a, it's what have you done for me lately NFL. Right. He's a little older now. I mean, how old is Marvin Jones? Let me see here. Um, uh, he's 29. So he's a little bit older in 29. He just turned 29, so he won't even turn 30 for another year, uh, essentially. A six foot two receiver with good speed and good red zone threat, where I see Kenny Galladay as more of a possession receiver. For a, a guy with Matt Stafford's arm, too, I like Marvin Jones still. Like, well, you, that's that's oh, hold on. So yeah, so nine nine touchdowns in two thousand nineteen, so or two thousand seventeen. So yeah, go you know go back two years when he played a full season. He is a he is a decent red zone threat. He's well. a very nice red zone yeah. threat, and if. And if you watched Marvin Jones last year, if you just go back, a Lions fan can attest to this. Like, if you're a Lions fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. How many times was Marvin Jones last year targeted in that red zone that you saw to? It was an incomplete pass. It was a lot. I know because I watched it. I followed him and I I I tracked him. And I was saying, wow. If, Marvin if Jones, a better pass. He could have yeah. had some big game. Sure. He was in line to have some big fancy points per game. And he just end up being some average fancy points per game. That's my point. That's all. Somebody that's he's worth rosterable, and most people won't think he is. If you do a dynasty startup, Marvin Jones is going so late, it's ridiculous. He falls in kind of almost like how Golden Tate in the same offense before was like just disrespected. How late he goes and start in drafts and startups. Mm-hmm. Marvin Jones just you know multiply that right. So. Because he doesn't, he never had the name that that uh, Golden Tate did. Yep. So, all right, that's it. That is the uh, NFC uh, West, um, uh, South, South, North. I'm sorry, this is North, we're on a pot, North, NFC North. <laughs> I'm the, sorry, it's the NFC North. I'm fucking Matt. We're on a, we're I'm on messing a, with you. Sorry, we're, we're on a pot thon here. Yeah, we are. Potty mouth, son of a bitch. <laughs> sorry. Um, that's it. If you like the show, leave us a rating review on iTunes. We appreciate it. Um, absolutely do. if not you know definitely make sure you check out the join the nerd herd uh we have some great tools on there our mock draft tool gives you know it's free for everybody to use but you also get the live adp for being a nerd member every time a mock draft finishes you get an updated adp list you can mock draft for superflex idp you know standard ppr we had the buy sell tool it's, nice. an, it's a really cool tool to use you can see we have 20 writers on there that give you their value of every single player. You can sort it by, you know, buy, sell. See who who do you think we have as the top sell? Who's the best buy? Who's the best hold right now? We have that for you on the Nerd Herd members. Our rankings, our Devi rankings. We have so much more coming around the horizon. It only costs you the price of a cup of coffee. And then the best thing, man, is you get a whole other podcast. You sure We're about do. to break down the AFC North next. We might talk about my boy Baker Mayfield. You only get that as a nerd her member. And all you got to do is buy me one cup of coffee a month or Matt one cup of coffee a month. And you get that. It's I, so I affordable. need it now this this time. So, so, so buy it for me. Because we, oh, yeah. we have one more episode. And it's almost midnight. Uh-huh. And again, I mean, if you're just, you know, skiing down on the Alps, right? And you mm-hmm. don't want, you get tired of the, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. hey, three bucks a month. You get four more episodes, four hours of nerd, Dynasty Nerds in your ears. That can get you through a, a nice day on the slopes, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that would take the scariness of an avalanche away, right? <laughs> just ride out like a... I got I got Matt Sue's smooth silky voice in my ears. Everything's going to be all. Right. Oh my god, I burned snow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we'll be back next week. Make sure you check out dinosaurnerds.com every single day, where we have tons of articles, tons of great stuff. Even if you're not a nerd herd member, we got tons of great stuff on there for you. If you want to talk dynasty, uh, fantasy football, you hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds, and we'll be back next week breaking down another team in another division. If you're a nerd herd member. We have the AFC North coming up next. Nice. Bye-bye. Ready, set, put on. 
Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.